You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast, a free agent edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm the closest wonderful podcast. And like I said, because it is free agency, join me on the other line from Forbes.com, Westside Indianapolis News, Mr. Tony East. Tony, were you surprised by any moves today? Uh, Pacers are in general. I actually don't either. I think the only move so far that I've been like, wow, is PJ Tucker to Miami. I think everything else was either well-reported or made a lot of sense, um, so far, but that one really caught me off guard. I don't know. That one still makes sense, I guess, but it's the first one that surprised me. But in the, from a Pacers perspective, not at all. They made moves that I think we talked about, uh, the, the player they signed from a different team. And we heavily talked about TJ McConnell, uh, and Doug McDermott, honestly. So, uh, from a Pacers perspective, no, nothing surprised me. Yeah, so we'll talk about the Tory Craig signing I'm with McDermott, where Pacers go from here. But first, we got to start obviously with the TJ the McConnell news, right? The big one, yes. So four, s- first four for re- thirty-five, but what's guaranteed and what's not, Tony? Correct. Yes. So J. Michael Gatta at four for thirty-five. Woj says thirty-five point two over four years, whatever. I think that's pretty important. It's four years. Uh, so the Pacers backup point guard spot set for quite a while, average annual value there, just over $8 million if it was fully guaranteed. But per J. Michael, the last year is not fully guaranteed of that contract, which is fascinating to me. Um, so I think that's a good marriage of what both sides wanted, right? We heard that McConnell was looking for a long deal, right? It was It's his first long deal in the league, right? His deal with the, with the Sixers was one of those, I think they called them the hinky specials, where every season was non-guaranteed. So at any time, the team could get out of it. And then with the Pacers, he got a two-year deal. Remember, the second year, that was non-guaranteed, right? Or partially. So he's always had short deals or ways to be a free agent every summer. And then now he gets his long deal, which is what he wanted. And the Pacers get him for, we, we, what did we guess? Eight to 10 million. They get him for just about eight and a half, a little over that per year. So I think it's a good marriage of what both sides wanted. And it will probably end up being a little less than eight and a half million per year, depending on how much of that last year is guaranteed. So I think that's a good marriage of what both sides wanted and uh, honestly, the Pacers needed a backup point guard. So it's a win-win to me. Yeah, it's actually close to $9 million per year, but I'm assuming he's just going to have a shorter start, like a lower number than raises because they want to be under the what, like $13.5 million roughly and combine the two deals they made today. Right. So that's where that makes sense. Or maybe it's just like eight, eight, eight and a half, roughly, or a little bit less. My guess for the first year is 7.85, though it could be a little higher than that. Yeah, I think it might be a little higher because remember the last year non-guaranteed, so he might have won a little more money That's very true. three years, right? He's, if it was all guaranteed, it wouldn't have mattered, but because of last year is, and I'm guessing but um, this will come down to probably like a, like a three D, three year. Let's call it twenty six million with with an option for the last year, which is a pretty good deal for the Pacers um, because they get McConnell. You know, the next three seasons, he's been pretty durable for them, playing all but two games two years ago and all but four last season. So it, it locks in that backup point guard spot for like you hope at least the near future and through the rest of their, their timeline. Right, their timeline's two more years, three more max. So he kind of fits right right into that. Right. Yeah, I agree that he fits their timeline well. And it's not such like it's 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 a long deal, but even with whatever team McConnell's on, he'll have a role, right? So it's not like a big deal if their team it's not an untradeable contract either, as long as he can play this many games. He I mean, in two seasons, if you have to blow it up, you can move him very easily and package for something else. I mean, it's not like he's he'd have to like really fall off, but he's gonna be 29. So you're getting right his peak 29, 30, 31 year old season. Yeah, we know Cora, very excited about this signing. I know. (laughs) <laughs> so we always talked about and why we need me always use dj augustine as a money comp it ended up being a little higher than that he got you know like george hill makes 10 million he's a backup 
point guard right now. Monte Morris last year got 8.3 million per year as a backup. That seen, that probably should have been the number we were using is Monte Morris from Denver as a good facsimile. He got an extension last year, so that kicks in this year anyway. So that is probably a good. I think there are base about equivalent impact players. Seth Curry's right at about eight million as well. So you know, good backup guards get about this much. So I think. Uh, in terms of historically what we've seen from the value, it's it's solid. It's not like a good like Justin Holiday's deal last year was like good. Like wow, this guy we thought would get more. I think McConnell is adequately paid for his role, uh, and it depends on what that last year's guarantee is. If it's super small, I you know you could be talking about an underpay, right? So it's it's a little early to fully commit to that, but seems like a fine deal at worst. And then compared to other deals that we've seen today. Alex Caruso, backup guard, four for 37 so, in, yeah, similar to contract. Uh, in Chicago, little over McConnell's. He's a tiny bit, eh, he's about the same impact, I would say. Uh, Cameron Payne got three for 19 with the Suns. That seems like a pretty good deal. Corey Joseph got two for 10 with the Pistons. He's better than Corey Joseph. So it seems like, you know, if Corey Joseph's getting 5 million, McConnell, 8 million is, is a perfectly uh, good deal given the market right now for backup point guards. And I think the Pacers did fine with this deal. Yeah, Cordes is actually similar to age to McConnell, but he hasn't. He's had. He's uh, worse. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been worse. worse. I mean, he actually. I think his his Pacers team was probably like his best season of the last what four give or take that that first year seventeen eighteen with the Pacers when he was like their backup point guard and was really solid off the bench. Uh, Definitely one up. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> since like his San Antonio days. Uh, the thing to remember is that they announced a little bit like what they thought the cap would be next year. It's going to go up to like I think um, the tax will be one forty five. So correct. The, the it, cap's going up by more than the league initially projected next year, which is yeah. good news for for a team that has TJ Warren going into free agency. Well, you you know how I knew that. I, I looked at your cap sheet. I'm like, oh, that's Tony has this prediction. It's actually going to be a little higher. So yeah, this could be a, you know in three seasons with the way the TV money going, this contract could be like you know, the value of like below, you know, like a below average, like bench player, because $9 million in three years could be like mid-level could be at 15 in three years, the way things yeah. are es- es- escalating upwards. So yeah, I mean, this is a good, good deal for the Pacers, I think overall. And it's a, it, we did it. There's just not, there were not a ton of backup pointers that were super desirable. I mean, it was the guys that were on his level. Like, do you want Caruso? Can you get Cameron Payne? Probably not. He wants to be in a situation where he can like be helpful after kind of flailing around almost being out of the league. And Corey Joseph was worse than him. So like, this is the best kind of i would say probably the best like mid-level pre-agent point guard out there frankly and they got to keep him so it works out pretty well yeah i think it's it's perfectly fine right and that's like a boring boring insight to say like it's not good or bad it's just it's just fine and i get why it smells like an overpay because you know in the, in the days of the past eight million for a backup is a lot but if you actually catch up with how the league pays good backups now it's fine but the, the fear is that you know if he can't play in the playoffs right and and old McConnell, the guy that was in the playoffs for Philly in the first year with the Pacers, was was pretty rough in the playoffs. Right, he got down to about eight minutes per game uh, in that Heat series, but he definitely improved a lot last year. And with the Pacers, he got that he added that eight to ten footer that he did not have. And he took Philly. some threes and was okay at them. So if he yeah, started to take threes the end of last year. Definitely improved on defense. Uh, best steals guy in the league last year by a mile. Right, so. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say like magically he's good in the playoffs. Now there's still a chance that that is the downside here is that they have, you know, a, a, an MLE value player who is not useful in the playoffs. But if his improvements do allow him to play 12 to 15 adequate playoff minutes, then again, that that's fine value for your mid-level exception guy. So uh, equivalent value. He's not actually on the mid-level exception. So I would say it's a perfectly fine deal for the Pacers and, and he'll be good for them and, and healthy for the next almost half decade. Yeah. And I mean, you're not you're not paying him to play playoff minutes like significant playoff that too. in in important games like you're paying him to play the what beginning of second quarters 
and like end of third and start a force and just get you enough out there. Right. And so hopefully some coaching too, if he is going to be picked on, you can at least get him to be um, a neutral there because, because of his offensive ability. And at the end of the day, uh, they need people who will stay healthy. And McConnell has been remarkably <laughs> healthy during his career. Every season he's played like 80 something, I think 90% of the season's games. It's hard to do the math because recently, right. They've only played 73 games, 72 games. So it's like, but basically 81 games, 81, 76, 76, 71 out of 73 and 69 out of 73. So he plays every year, rarely misses games. And that's like a bit of, that's something that you can't say about most Pacer players. So that's valuable, you know, worth a little bit more just, just in itself. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this deal plays out, but I think we should turn our attention to the external guy, the new guy, the big free agent, si- big air quotes, uh, free agent signing for the Pacers. Unexpected, I think is the right way to put it. Unexpected that. is definitely the right word. So we'll talk about that next. But first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or something intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer to the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer, you have a phone, access to rockauto.com right now at your home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do yourself for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Go explore the website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. You go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on L O C K E D O N in the How to Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Main selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So the Pacers signed Tory Craig, according to Woj. Two years, $10 million. Fits right in to the uh, threshold between what they had between the luxury tax line and their cap space. Yes, uh, starting at about somewhere between 4.8-ish and $5 million. But yeah, Torrey Craig, uh, the, the Pacers guy that, you know, we were trying to figure out who it would be that they would use uh, the, their vet spot on or their potential contributor spot on, right? They had a little bit of wig room to do so. And we talked about this when we did the McDermott versus McConnell show, right? The, the, the tip in McConnell's favor could be that he's cheaper, which allows the Pacers to get McConnell and, and someone it? else. Instead oh, of was he cheaper? We'll McDermott. do we'll that next. We weren't sure. Who, yeah, we'll get to McDermott later. Uh, we weren't sure who the someone else was. It is Tory Craig. Tory Craig spent last year on this is funny to say now that the finals are yeah, over. Part of the year on Milwaukee and part of the year on Phoenix. So he, get, despite losing the finals with Phoenix, he'll get a championship ring. Um, but he was very good with the Suns last year. He he was a good defender for them. They matched him up on you know a lot of stars sometimes. You know mostly with bench units, but you know when he was playing, he was often guarding the other team's best player. And with the Suns, he had his best finishing uh, run of his career. You know he shot well from three and two point range. And you know when I when I went to the stats to see how he shot so well in Phoenix, just in general looking at where he's good at scoring from, he shoots brilliantly well at the rim, right? At, at for his career, 71.3% at the rim, a little bit below average from basically everywhere else, but good finisher, good cutter, and good defender. And I think that will fit well with what Carlisle wants to do. And I think that, you know, for $5 million, a guy who can who can supply some good defense and not totally suck on offense is a good deal. Well, and this is somebody, I know we've been harboring this, somebody with a real playoff experience. I mean, he's played in playoff games for Denver and for Phoenix the last two years. I mean, I, I know he's not like the baby, the super veteran that, we were talking about before, but he is somebody who at least has like deep playoff run experiences, played minutes in those games. So that's also value, valuable in itself because it 
not a lot of pacers with that kind of experience. I think Brogdon kind of does, but I think he ended up not anyone playing. On the, he has 55 playoff games under his belt. Does anyone else on the Pacers have 55 playoff games so under I, their belt? Remember, Brogdon didn't end up playing that year. The Bucks made it really far. I think it was conference finals because he didn't, he didn't come. Like He missed the first two rounds, so I, I don't think any other Pacer player has that much playoff experience. Um, I yeah, that, that, that's quite a few games, right? And, and I don't know the totals for everybody off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, that, that's a tip in his cap. And you know, he's, he's not like awesome. He's a limited player. There's a reason he's only getting two years, 10 million and his three point shooting certainly has not been a strength, although it's definitely gotten better every year of his career, but definitely a good utility guy who can help in a lot of ways, which is good. And I think that because he's six, seven and, and can shoot a little bit, we talked about this a lot when we were previewing free agents at a bunch of positions, he can probably play two and some giant lineup. He can definitely play three. He can definitely play four. So in the case of some injuries, he'll, he'll probably get uh, rotation minutes. He might even be in the rotation right away. Hard to say, but uh, you know, you're going to be helpful in that way. Uh, and, and, you know, not using their full MLE or even their full tax version of the MLE to get him, I think makes a lot of sense. So uh, definitely plug some holes uh, in the depth department uh, on the wings at slash forwards, right? They had O'Shea, TJ and Justin. And then other than that, you know, they were kind of relying on a center to play down or Jeremy Lamb to play up, which isn't exactly what you want. So getting that depth to be a good, useful player who again, 55 playoff games has proven to be useful in those settings can guard big wings from the other team, right? That's something the Pacers sucked at last year and Craig can do it uh, is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Brogdon played 24 playoff games. Turner's played 26. I would doubt any of the Pacers more than that. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. Those would probably those, be the two. Those are probably uh, the two. Justin Holliday's played a lot. Oh, you just said him, right? Yeah. Justin Holliday. No, just, I didn't say Justin Holliday, but he also, did he actually play in those playoff games or did he just was on the Oh, rosters? good point. Good point. I don't know. I'm looking yeah, Justin Holliday has a whopping uh, nine. 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 So yeah. So, <laughs> By far the most playoff experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might have more last season than in the Suns' title run alone. Or the Suns' run to the final. Close, season. definitely close. If yeah, um, no, I mean, I think he's he's a he's the exact player you're looking for at this spot. Uh, it's like the third year, fourth year in a row. Maybe last year doesn't count, but you know, Pacers have always brought in these kind of minimum level, a little bit above guys uh, to fill that kind of the 12th spot, and they've had success there, right? Justin Holiday came in. In that role, McConnell came in on that role, and both now are in the rotation. So this is a good kind of opportunity, I think. Uh, somebody who has been decent enough has shown some potential, and if he, you know, can play well this year, he can make him in the rotation, and there'll be a bargain next year, and you can try to resign him. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, luck there'll be injuries, so he'll get some minutes. He'll be playing, I'm sure, at least if you're not this year, 20 plus minutes because of some injury to somebody and some combination of injuries. But I mean, it's just kind of like the we were we've been discussing like who would they throw the five million dollars roughly at, and this is like a pretty good player to get for that kind of level and value. Hey, you know, if his shooting doesn't, doesn't stabilize a little bit, maybe he'll end up not looking as good as an offensive fit on this, on a Carlisle team. But I think the defense will, will speak for itself and keep him on the floor. And we kind of, talk, we were, I feel like we kind of are talking about him similarly to how we talked about Justin holiday when he was originally signed, which I think is, is pretty interesting in retrospect, but yeah, he, you know, that's where he skills at. You know what else he's good at, Adam? What? Rebounding. Ah, that's always a useful position. thing for the worst rebounding team in the NBA last year, it felt like. Yeah, Pacers were a terrible rebounding team uh, from their non-bigs especially, and Craig is a pretty good rebounder for yeah, a non-wing. Third of an offensive rebound. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, that, <laughs> so that is very helpful. Uh, so so to me, it's going to hint his his true effectiveness. Will kind of, this is lazy, but I mean, if his efficiency, like with Milwaukee, it was 48. He had a 48% true shooting. He got waived, right? Or he got traded for cash. I forget exactly how it was, but he got to Phoenix for nothing. Uh, and then with Phoenix, he had a 60% true shooting. And with Denver in his three years there, you know, he had about league average true shooting in each of his three seasons. So, you know, even if he's like a league average true shooting guy, the steps he's taken forward on defense in his career make me think he'll at least be fine if they, if the Pacers need to play him, like he'll be a, a net neutral at worst player. But if he can have that 
consistent, right? Good finishing at the rim and decent enough shooting from elsewhere efficiency that he showed with Phoenix, then he'll probably be a plus on the floor and he won't be asked to create. He won't be asked to dribble, right? Just roam around the perimeter, make your cuts and stuff like that. I think he can be a good fit in that role, uh, which, which bodes well for his future with this team. Yeah. So funnily, if you look at the per 36 numbers of Tory Craig, Craig last season and Justin holidays uh, last season and was commission Chicago in Memphis. They come out about the same, both of them are around 12 points per, per 36 minutes. Uh, Turkish are a little bit better holiday played more games and more minutes. So that's part of that. But like overall, they come in with a very similar resume. When they came to the Pacers uh, right. ho- holiday benefit of replenishing to McDermott a ton and having Sabonis and McConnell, maybe Craig could benefit from a similar thing. So this time holiday will be in McDermott role and he'll be probably still around Sabonis and McConnell. So there's some opportunities to benefit there for him. Um, now, he did play two really good teams, so I don't think like this pace roster is better than any of the teams he played on, but he might be in a better like bench rotation than either of those teams who were kind of limited at times on, their, on both their benches. Craig was uh, tapped by the Team USA select team in 2019, right? So he was on – the select team is the team that scrimmages against the actual Team USA team, but um, – so he trained out with Team USA in Vegas in the summer of 2019. Was which Turner on that team? Yes, that was the team Turner was on. So okay. he – he was in that camp with Turner and Lloyd Pierce was an assistant then too. Right. So it's a little bit of familiarity with Pierce and Turner though, not a ton of Pacers connections for Torrey Craig, but again, I still think he's a good depth signing uh, TBD on what his role will actually end up being right. The additions of Duarte O'Shea's emergence, make it a little hard to tell what the Pacers bench unit will look like right now. But you know, if he is in the rotation, if he's not, if he's only playing five to 10 minutes a game, whatever, I think he can have an impact because of his defense, no matter what. And that is a good signing. Maybe a slight overpay if he's just a utility guy. Uh, so we'll see what his role ends up being. And that's why I think maybe he's a little bit more than a utility guy. But I can't really assess uh, the deal value until I know how the Pacers intend to use him. But, you know, if you're just guessing he'll be like I did, that he'll be a 10 yeah. guy, probably a slight overpay, but he's a good player. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, a little peek behind the curve before the show. I put a list of like the 13 players who could play minutes. And I'm like, let's do, let's still line up for to see who would play. And like, we got through like maybe two bench guys. We're like, well, now there's only about 60 minutes left to decide between four players. So uh, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. Like I said, there'll be injuries that will probably affect that. But like, it's going to be interesting because the Pacers have a lot of guys who play a position like what, two through four, that fair to say yeah. on the bench. And so it's like a really two and three, frankly. And maybe one guy who plays four. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, but yeah, there's a, there's a chance that Craig deal ends up kind of like pretty underwhelming, right? Like if he ends up being the, the odd man out of that two through four group, like Sumner pops next year, O'Shea is yeah, clearly but, better still. Go ahead. I think the way you got to value the deal is like you had $5 million to spend. Was there anybody better you could spend it on? Probably not. And if he doesn't end up being value, you just well, have, you had to use the money kind of like, it's not like it's, you know, like you needed the space or whatever right now. If you had the to same use exercise it. we did with McConnell. Are you ready? Yeah. Sorry, Craig got two for 10. You know, let's got two for 10. Jeff Green, who's better, right? They're pretty close. Uh, I'd say. But where did Jeff Green go? Uh, Denver. See, yeah, I think wasn't Jeff Green probably picking a player at place you wanted to win at or could win at, I guess. And that's also the part of it, right? That's Is possible. Like, like they might have overpaid to get a guy who was like going to go back to Phoenix. Well, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. David okay. Nuaba got three for 15. That's five million a year. I would say Tory Craig is better than David Nuaba. Okay. Mo Harkless got two for nine. Well, it's the same thing, whatever. Uh, about, only play a spot they need right again about the same level of impact to me sterling brown got two for 6.2 million he's better than sterling brown certainly Furkan korkmaz got three for, three for 15 million and i think cork is maybe a little bit better than craig um so you know he's about in line with a lot of those guys yeah he got about market value, yeah, he got about market value. 
So it's hard for me to call it an overpay because of that. Maybe the only reason it would be an overpay is if he's getting paid more than his role ends up being with the Pacers. But at this time, I'm having trouble uh, imagining exactly what that's going to be. So yeah, but um, I guess would you rather pay two and a half million for a guy who like you know like isn't going to play, isn't as good? I mean, I'd rather even if you're not going to play, the others have the in case you need him kind of player versus right, and like Craig agreed to the deal. Right. So he has some expectation for what his role yeah. is going to be. So yeah, yeah I mean, well, we will see on this one. Like with McConnell, it's very obvious that not only did he get market value, he got market value for his role, maybe even under it. If that last guarantee is it very much right. That that's a good signing. It makes a lot of fits. Craig, if his role, if he's good in his role and his role is whatever, 10 to 15 minutes. Excellent. That that's a good fit. That's a good level of signing. That's about the same as the guys we just shouted out. And we know Craig can, can play in the playoffs if his role is a little less than that or he gets swept out of the rotation then there will be some questions about if this was the right move yeah i just think it's hard i I I think it's hard to grade this one for me yeah and to me it had to be like next year and then who knows to be like budding up and like he prevents him from getting somebody else basically and i'm not sure that's going to happen with the way things are going to shake out they're going to have to pay from tj warren that's going to eat up all their extra money anyways at the end of the day it's only a two-year deal nothing crazy we even know second year is fully guaranteed we don't we don't know anything so but just a very little a one and a partial guarantee that it definitely probably is worth it. If the second year is completely non-guaranteed, that would stun me. Uh, yeah. But, I'm, but yeah, you know, it's possible. There's some funky guarantees on the back half of that. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, all right. You ready to talk about McDermott? Cause that was also the kind of the bigger pace. Yeah. The, there's today. still some Pacers news out there with him. So let's move on to that. All right. So we'll talk about McDermott next, but first today's locked on Pacers pockets also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing. You check all the action on betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag and offer a little advice. Check out all the great sporting news, constant information, and sign-up bonuses. Don't sit on silence anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Over the website today and use promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Tony, I don't have it in front of me. So, how much money did Doug McDermott sign for? Doug McDermott signs with the San Antonio Spurs for three years, 42 million. That's 14 that's million. Me. That's about what we said. 14 million a year is a little bit more than I thought. 12 is probably worth the numbers. Uh, I wrote uh, 10 to 15 in my piece. I thought that no, that you nailed it. You nailed it. I, I think 14 makes some sense to me. Cap space team uh, was the biggest threat for this the whole time, right? That's the reason that the Pacers could not bank on keeping him as easily because his market was more than the mid-level exception because of a team like the Spurs. And the Spurs have one of the best shooting coaches on the planet in Chip England. Uh, so he, McDermott could end up shooting like 60% from deep next year. That's a joke, but you know, that's a good fit for him. They have like no shooting on that team. And I'm glad he got paid. He was excellent for the Pacers last year. And it, it, at 14 million per year, even if I think that's about market value, maybe a little high, whatever, it doesn't matter. The Pacers could, literally couldn't have even paid him that. Like maybe if, with the right yeah. raises, they could have fit him in, fit him in under the tax, but then that's it. That's their whole free agency. Yeah. They would have had a wave Martin. At the same uh, they, yeah, they could have kept him with that wedding, Martin, but then they're done at 14 players, basically. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't really feasible unless they were willing to pay, pay the luxury tax. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really understand San Antonio's plan, but that works. For, you don't like, sign I mean, good shooters for a team. That no, no, I just mean like San Antonio. Like, I mean, they're trying to be good. Right. But like, are they going to keep is DeRozan signed yet? I haven't seen that. Right. We don't know. No, yet. DeRozan's the best player still out there. I think. Right. So, I mean, I just mean, I don't know, like San Antonio going to tank. I mean, I, I think McDermott has value, right? Worst case, you bring him in, he shoots well, and you trade him if you 
decide to blow it up, it's not a big deal. Um, and oh, I have no great. negative things to say about San Antonio or McDermott in this interaction. I think it's great for both. I don't know. I mean, I fantastic guess... for both actually. Great know. fit and for a good player. Sure, whatever, fine. I'm I'm, I'm not like gonna fight <laughs> you on that too hard. I, I just San Antonio has been the bewildering team for like three years now because they pro- if they didn't have a uh, pop, they probably go in full tank mode, but I, they can't. They don't want to. He doesn't want Their to. Best shooters has been like Rudy Gay. Like this. Yeah, no, them, I mean they definitely need, a ton. Yeah, they definitely need shooting. It just like they're still probably uh, what the tenth best team in the West, eleventh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. It depends. It doesn't uh, matter. How... The thing I was going to ask you was, I really was, is, do you think there's a chance of a signing trade? That's that's the big thing, and you do that for us. The trade extension would be about half his salary, right? Correct. Yeah, I got that wrong actually when I tweeted this originally, but yeah, be, so his salary went up by more than a certain amount. So there's this weird thing called base year compensation that kicks in. I'm not going to bore you to death, but basically. Uh, yeah, it's possible that the Pacers use their full bird rights to sign a trade McDermott into the Spurs cap space. The Spurs would be hard capped, which they probably don't want. Uh, and they don't have to do that for the Pacers, right? They don't have to. So it would probably take a little asset like a second rounder. Yeah, or they have a second round pick probably. Right? entice the Spurs to do that. But the Pacers would then create a, a $7 million trade exception, which they could roll over for a year. That's some nice flexibility because uh, they'll probably be over the cap next year. Uh, anyway, actually, they'll almost certainly be over the cap next year. They could even use it this season, right? If they end up making a trade at the deadline, they could bring a guy in with that. So uh, definitely a useful uh, use of resources if the Spurs are willing to cooperate. But I, they don't have to. Like, there's, It's not like a negative on the Spurs that they're like, no, you know what I mean? They have no reason to help the Pacers. So I don't. I wouldn't bank on that happening, but it's just something that could happen uh, in the coming days. Yeah, right. I mean, what it could do with the Pacers, give them the mid-level next year plus this, so it's like two – Kind of, it's not quite a full mid level to seven point three, but it's like two it's under it. players, yeah. right? It gets you kind of above the toy cry level players, but not quite the McCollum players, right. I guess. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, it, it for a second round pick, it probably is worth it. I mean, I, I mean, second round picks, I think, have absolutely like zero value, frankly, <laughs> almost, almost none. I mean, you're just like you almost you can, you can basically buy them. So like, I'm not sure they add that much value to the to the team that has them. If a team will do that for a trade, it might be worth it. But if they don't, it's like like a make or break this team. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I don't think that has it. I don't. I, I honestly would bank on that not happening. It's just something that the Pacers could consider uh, because it's legal and 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 it would and it would help them and give them some flexibility next summer. Trade exceptions last for an entire like calendar year. So in theory, too, if they could time it right and make the Spurs do other stuff first, right, they could make it last a few days into free agency next summer. Actually. Yeah, how would that work? Well, because it because. No league years off, right? So they do they readjust right. to the two months or whatever. Correct. They month. they adjusted to just normal calendar. But the, the TJ, TJ leave trade exception expires next Monday, but he he got traded in November last year, right? So it's they just did it like okay, it's this many days after free agency. Yeah, starts. but I mean a more term anyway. So most of that stuff, most of the deals won't be completed August sixth or something like that. Sure, sure. So like so it'll be however many days after the morning. yeah. They do the sign trade August seventh, and you could easily make this all work. <laughs> yeah, but the, but that yeah that, that 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 probably will not happen. Yeah. From a, from a true Pacers perspective, it basically is just McDermott got too expensive. And that that's what we talked about, right? Like, he, the, I think the Pacers would have liked to keep him more because he's better. But he got more money because he's better and that priced him out of the Pacers range. And and, and that's what it came down to. And they, I think McConnell and Torrey Craig is a solid pivot to, to keep your bench intact and, and get another wing to replace, you know, where McDermott was on the team, even though Craig will not fill his role directly. So... I think it's a good pivot and I'm really happy for McDermott. He had an awesome time with the Pacers and, and he deserves this bigger deal. So basically the team is set. I mean, there's the, there's the key, there's the 15th roster spot, either Keelan Martin's contract or somebody else, but like basically they've right. got 14 signed players plus well, 15 signed players. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's their 15th? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off. That's then. it. They, they have 13 guaranteed contracts plus O'Shea and Keelan. That's 15. 
Oh, well, I'm saying Keelan is, is Keelan guaranteed yet? No, no. But that that's the considerations going forward. Right. right? So that's what I was going to say. Right now. Like they could be done. They yeah. Done. Well, what I was saying is there's really 14 like guys I know for sure going to be on this team. Keelan right. is the one up there, but they're two ways are signed too, right? Cash is going to be a two way most likely. Yes. Um, once we have in a couple of days and then they sign, who's the other guy they got for the two way? Dwayne know. Washington from Ohio State. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Keelan, right, is when is his guarantee date? August 7th. So Saturday. So you, I would guess you probably don't want to guarantee it in case you want to bring in some, like bring in a training camp, a competition, right? I mean, there's a chance they could, they could push that date, right? Renegotiate with that, that date could be pushed. I don't know why Keelan would agree to that. What um, do you think he could sure. sign if he doesn't push it signed by another team right away? Yeah, I mean, he would if he if they're going to push it back, he'd just say, "Just wave me right now, so I can explore my options." You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess maybe if they if he didn't think he went to competition to get the full roster spot, right? I mean, that sure. right. The question is, do you want to train with an open roster spot or not? Some teams do because it's good and you can figure it out. But Keelan might be the best player you can get in that 15 spot, anyways. So I don't know. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking. So there's a couple things to consider going forward for the Pacers, and the first and kind of the biggest one to me is like they did not like Torrey Craig's good. That's a fine signing. They did not sign a third string point guard today. And we talked about that being potentially a big need now. So like Brogdon is, is going to be the nominal point, but has questionably been a point guard. I mean, role wise, you talked about him being better off on like Karis and him can split the duties. No problem. There, there's, there's a point guard there. And then there's McConnell, but Brogdon's hurt a lot. Right. So McConnell's like, if McConnell might be bearing a lot of load there and they don't have a third guy who is, is a point guard on this roster. We thought they would do that. So I think the, the Craig signing makes me a little makes me think a little less likely that Keelan Martin keeps his spot because they could waive him and free up uh, the, the veterans minimum cap hit is actually lower than Keelan Martin's cap hit next year. Right. For anybody the key, the, that, that it would be the case, any vet at, of any level. So I think that the Tory Craig signing makes Keelan Martin's chances of making a team a little less likely because they could save it like $40,000. It's not much. It won't get them any extra benefits, but it's, it's a little bit of savings, plus they could get a position that they need a little bit more to me. Yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, considering McConnell's durability, consider the fact you could always go Levert as emergency point guard. I'm not sure you need a – well, Brian will probably get hurt a game or two, so then what, then what do you do? <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know. I mean, can you think you can get enough out of, like, Sumner, Levert, points to bonus to make no, it work? Notably healthy players, Karis Levert and Edmund Sumner. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but I guess at that point, if like three guys are hurt, you're just gonna either make a two way guy up because you're, right. you're gonna you're gonna sign somebody to a ten a ten day deal, right? Like I, I guess I don't know. Like I well, guess I, I'm potentially is- being too reliant on like they just have unhealthy players in general there. But I just think you owe it. Like steady ball handling is so important to me as a as a person who analyzes basketball that that's how I would be thinking with that spot. Keelan's a fine player. Like if they keep him for 1.7 million, that's that's not a bad choice. But I think his roster spot's in just slightly more jeopardy going forward now. Yeah, I just wonder if there's really anybody that was like, it's like better than him out there. And that might be like, like they saw him last year. He showed some signs at the end of the year. Like, do you hope you can build momentum? And even though it's maybe not the spot you need exactly, it's right. just like, do you want to give up a player who you think can be decent if you just keep building him? That's that one concern. Certainly a consideration. And we'll find that out in the next couple days and that that's probably the biggest thing to watch out for the other thing is jakar sampson is still out there and jakar sampson's minimum is also less than keelan martin would be making next year so they could in theory decide on those two guys yeah I don't but know. i think tory craig is the reason they wouldn't have jakar right uh yeah i mean he's he's kind of duplicative with both keelan and jakar though keelan's a little more perimeter player uh isn't keelan know. more shooting guard small forward jakar's more power forward center i guess sure for those those two guys aren't duplicative but for tory craig he's oh, like kind oh. of Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So 
So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. Jakar is going to be the interesting thing to watch going forward to me. He is the only guy left that is kind of unsolved that we were really going to talk about this summer. So Keelan and Jakar, I think, are the two biggest considerations. And then, you know, what what do they do if they wave Keelan? Do they try to prioritize some money to create some flexibility? Like, I think it's possible that something that they could do is is they cut Keelan and even re-sign Keelan to like a partially guaranteed deal, right? Because then they could, in theory, later on in the season, cut him and free up some room to use like an MLE to get a, another buyout guy or something like that, right? They like that flexibility. They waived the Q last year, but remember they left Keelan Martin with a partial guarantee last year. They had a uh, non-guaranteed Damian Wilkins a few years ago, right? They, they like that strategy. So that is also something that would not surprise me. So I, I still think it's possible that even beyond trades, which uh, I don't know, it's, it's only been a day. I can't really foresee what's going to go on there, but even beyond trades, I think it's possible, especially with Keelan, that they make a couple or by a couple, I mean like one or two more like very tiny moves, but yeah. nothing super interesting. Yeah. I, I guess it, like I said, it, it just comes down to like, what do they want to do that? 15, they want to bring, they want to make a competition in just general. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they want to make a competitive, cause that's what a lot of teams like to do is have that last, that last spot competitive in training camp. But um I think the more interesting thing is that like they feel like they probably have like 11 or 12 and 13 playable players. And so like, how are you going to sort that out? Is there, are there still going to be some move of lamb? I doubt it, but like, could there be at this point? I mean, that, I mean that's it's like kinda... their 13th most important player, which is crazy. Like, well, you would just trade him to see if you got a guy you guys you can play. Right. Cause we don't think we have space enough. left. Does anyone, I don't know if any sides are tracking. Yeah. But I, could you flip yeah. players? You just like take, oh, I like, don't know. both teams have a bad contract and you take somebody basically. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me too. If they did like, Lamb for a cheaper, worse player in like a second or something. Like, why not? You know, Lamb's not going to play anyway. So yeah, just Lamb is still their, yeah. Lamb. Lamb getting traded could always happen, right? Like that. That beyond that is beyond my free agency considerations at this point, just because of his role and money on this team. But in terms of stuff they they have control of or they have the ability to change without any other team's cooperation, I think Keelan and Jakar obviously are guys to watch uh, in the next forty eight hours or so. Yeah. Any other news for instance that kind of disappointed him? I mean, Lonzo Ball going to the Bulls because that was that was a uh, sort of planned like three days ago. It felt like, but yeah, he was the only guy that was connected to the Pacers that went to another team, but he was only minorly connected anyway. It was just so we haven't seen Lou, Lou Williams sign yet, right? <laughs> That's true. Lou Will- there we go. There's your third string point guard potentially if Keelan gets cut out. But yeah, you're or right. could you somehow just get commit to Atlanta to flip Lamb for Lou Williams in a sign trade? Uh, no, because the Pacers are over the hard cap. They could not do that. Oh, they can't. So then, what they could trade Lamford as an equal salary from a team. That's I mean, they could salary. trade they could trade him for Lou if Lou makes a lot less. But I don't think the Pacers want to be subject to the hard cap at all. There's, that that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't no, think they're no. going to be taking a sign and trade player in for Lamb. I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's more like maybe it's even they get a bad kind of two a little bit worse player, but on a two year deal versus I don't know. There you go. That, now you're now you're thinking. Now yeah. you're thinking. Or it. you just let Lamb's kind of expire, and now you have more space next year to, or I guess more tax space to pay TJ Warren if he comes out and has a great season. Yep. So that that's the stuff to me to watch going forward. Uh, would be would be Lamb, uh, Keelan, and Jakar. Although Jakar's probably not coming back. Just something I wanted to think about. So yeah. that's all I got for today. I mean, that that yeah, that's all I got for today. I think we covered the big signings. We covered where they're at. We covered what they could still do. Uh, and I, I think it's still possible that we see a small move made from them in the next couple of, a couple of hours. Yeah, I think we'll at some point have to talk centers and the no move being made there is all. But uh, yeah, I think today we, the moves are done. I mean, they're basically done. I mean, there there'll be a minor fringe move, but the big Correct. big stuff's already happened. And so, luck, lucky for us, it only took about what an hour 
everything was done. <laughs> not, yeah, not even. I mean, we knew the McConnell would happen pretty quick, right? We predicted that yesterday. I wasn't so sure if the second signing would come pretty quick, but yeah, Tory Craig is quick. Yeah, because I, you know, with those, man, right? If, if yeah. they had to go that quick, so. Yeah, well, with the last guys, you never know because sometimes it's a guy who's holding out, wants a bigger deal, can't True. get it, and then you get him on the back end. But that just happened just holiday, for example. But yeah, uh, overall, I thought it was a, a what? What would you grade it? A, a, a positive or negative? The picture positive, right? In the, uh, the yeah, positive, but not like uh, not super positive. Probably like not, B minus. Yeah. Okay. Let's put this. Rank it from 2019, the broaden off season, compared to. I guess last offseason, right? Well, where would you put it? It's better than last offseason, right? But not quite as good as uh probably about the same as last offseason, right? They didn't have very many options and they, you know, they yeah, you know, probably better than last offseason. They had to do a salary dump last offseason. So yeah, they dumped leaf, but they got they got hauled in a pretty cheap deal. So that helped. They did. Yeah, probably about the same as last offseason, maybe a little better. Yeah. Um, so if I, if if we're comparing them to all of the Pritchard offseasons, definitely not as good as the Oladipo trade offseason. And definitely not as good as the TJ Warren trade-off. But way probably, better than the Tyreek Evans but Definitely better. Yes, definitely better than the Tyreek Evans offseason. And probably about the same as last year. But that said, remember, we were really stoked about the Tyreek Evans signing when it happened. So that, that's another lesson of, of It was the best deal available in, in person. We, we can talk about, yeah, in a one-year deal, right? They did themselves some favors. Like, we can talk about how we think these guys fit and what their roles will be. But yeah, you never really know until the games start playing uh, how to actually grade this stuff. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you, got, you got anything else? I do not have anything else. Uh, well, tomorrow will probably be about any fringe moves they make or Jakar ends up, the, all the considerations with Keelan, stuff like that, unless they do something substantial that requires us talking talking about it. But, yeah, they could be pretty close to done. Yeah, we'll do some bigger picture stuff too later in the week. Tonight I'll be with you all week together doing shows, so look forward to that. As always, you can follow our podcast at Locked on Pages on Twitter, me at FreeMadam5, Tony at T East MBA. That is all for his Lockdown Pictures Podcast. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.